change is scary. Change will always be scary. Right. It's always going to be easier to pick the devil you know versus the devil you don't, even if that one is a good one. cheating today oh, oh i know it just Oof. hurts my makes stomach your, to even say makes your skin crawl <laughs> i know i i would love to hear from you and you don't have to answer this if you don't feel comfortable but have you ever been cheated on before not that i know of i was uh, gonna never, say the same <laughs> i i've ever i've never had cheating and it happened in my relationships I mean, granted, a good a good deal of my relationships before don't really didn't really last long. They mm-hmm. usually lasted about like anywhere between like three to five months. Yeah, me too. Um, because it's usually after a certain point, like I don't know what it is. Like I just had like a threshold where it's like, okay, this is really not going upward and it's going worse. And I also had, you know, issues with like the one before my wife. Um she had an issue related to like a lot of self-confidence and mm-hmm. and i i people watch i people watch like unholy hell because it's just you know stuff i like watching families i like watching behaviors i like watching it's basically your career so it is my career exactly <laughs> so i would people watch and that was one of the things she always had she's like you're looking at other girls and i'm like i'm looking i'm looking at everybody i'm staring at, <laughs> i'm staring at someone's dog for like 10 minutes because it's like there's no active conversation. That's another thing. I needed, I need that kind of, like, I need stimulating conversations. Stimulation. And then the conversations were not, it was very surface level. With, and I'm just like, I'm not into this. And then there was this um, time I know I'm getting into like a whole story. So, I'll, I'll no, I, w- I love it. Please give but us context. We were at like Disneyland and I had my friend there. So it was like, because he was visiting from out of town. And this is like my lifelong best friend. He's he's still my best friend. Right now he's in China trying to get out. And that's a that's a whole ordeal in and of itself. Oh, gosh. Um, but so I, I planned this whole Disneyland weekend trip with her. And I was in California. She was in Arizona. And we were talking throughout the day. We were talking throughout, you know, about a whole bunch of things. I was talking about things with my friends. And we were talking about... You know, at one point we talked about celebrity crushes. Everybody has celebrity crushes. Yeah. And we were talking about all of our different ones and we were asking her what were hers and she wasn't having it. She was just so upset that like I was talking about other girls being attractive as if that's not a thing or something. And as then if you're not later, a human or something. Yeah, as if you're um, human. Um, so then we fast forward a little bit into the day and finally, it's like at nighttime, she's been like a little bit moody. She's been, I'm just like, okay, she just doesn't want to talk. Am I reading? Okay, yes, I'm fine. That kind of conversation or that that was a real big trigger for me when you blatantly, especially because I know when people are not okay. Like I have that skill in great. Yeah. So it's like, I'm it's trying to ask you're okay. And if you're just saying I'm fine and blowing me off, that's, that's like one of my huge like red flags. So... Um, and then mind you, before all this, there was a lot of other stuff precursor to this that we had a fight before and it was long distance and it was like not the communication was getting worse. So then at night, when one point, um, I'm trying to recall, but at one point me and my friend were talking about, oh, if we started a bar, 
and we wanted a video game theme bar, what would we have like the bartenders wear? What would we have the waitresses wear? What would we have all the stuff? Would we have dancers? Would we not have dancers? Would we have entertainment? Would we have a band? You know, all this stuff. And just when we were talking about this, all of a sudden she's like, you don't talk about how other girls dress in front of your girlfriend and all of a sudden. And she just went off on me in the middle of downtown Disney. Oh. And I was like shocked. And I just went, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like with a phase and thing, like right. And I'm like, I am going to go down and I will admit it. Don't break up with people at Disneyland. This sucks. Like oh, I will, no. I will be that guy and admit that, that this sucks. But you, yeah, I just you said. You go with her at Disneyland? Right there. Yeah. I just said, I'm done. And she goes, what do you mean you're done? I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. We're done. And we, we still had like a weekend planned. There was everything. This was like oh, the no. first part of this. Yeah, it was bad. I reached my threshold and it's like, once I got to that point where it's like, I give people chances, I give Me all, too. you know, and once I reach a threshold where I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm done, it's almost like I have to get out of that immediately. Me too. Yeah. It cracks. So, like, I'm just, nope, can't do it anymore. So yeah, there was a lot of drama, a lot of this, a lot of cancellations, a lot of things and fast forward. And then she ended up driving back to Arizona, blocked her, never spoke to her again. Wow. Because once I'm done, I'm done. I'm not a person right. who reconnects. Like me either. They're an ex. They're an ex. They're an ex. That's it. We. You had the chance to be something special. Didn't work. It's okay. You're gonna. You're gonna go on with your life. I'm gonna go on with my life. Take care of yourself. Move That's forward. It. Every time you dip back in, it makes it just last longer and when mm-hmm. it shouldn't. Oof. So it sounded like she had this idea in her head that you were probably out to cheat on her because oh, of yeah. her insecurities. I, I think she, she did. Yeah, cuz she was like kind of finding and like any kind of confirmation of that belief in anything that you would say. Mm-hmm. So it could be as far stretched as oh, and the waitresses could wear this and then it's like woman. He's talking about another woman wearing clothes cheating. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we've uh, all dealt with exes like that. And it's, it's a breath of fresh air because it's amazing because I, I became really scared about that. In fact, I'm the one who broke up with her. And I, then I had to go to therapy after because I felt so bad. I developed like a psychosomatic gag reflex. I would randomly have this like horrible death gagging cough. Oh. I'm sorry about my ring, by the way. I oh, it's okay. Off if I knew how. That's okay. Um, Popular. And so I started therapy. And I went for like half a year because I had like a lot of guilt and that guilt built up in my head and everything. Because it's like, I don't, I don't want to hurt people. I feel bad. Yeah. And even though I felt like I was in the right because it's okay to break up with people. It doesn't work. I still felt bad. And I felt bad about how it went. I'm, you know, how, you know, it was really emotional, you know, for them. And then I got better. I started doing my own thing. I started, you know, getting into cosplay, which actually ended up leading down the road making building up my confidence helping me um i actually started taking care of my body a lot more and stopped being as depressed as i am i mean i still work and fight with depression but it wasn't Mm. as bad as it is anymore and then did cosplay met some great friends had some great opportunities got my confidence up then all of a sudden saw my wife on instagram at one point didn't realize she was my wife at the time and messaged her and then we got to know each other and then here we are five years later. So that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about. You know, obviously, as you know, you weren't cheated on. You could have been, but from what you know, you probably weren't. But you still kind of had this trust, maybe, like a trust lost. Or a, um, like you had to build that back up 
with new relationships, knowing like, will this person do the same thing that my ex was doing to me? Because it sounded like it hurt you. And how did you kind of prepare yourself for future relationships without that historic context, just like always in the forefront of your mind? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, how did you kind of come into something fresh without thinking, is this person going to do this to me again? Is this person going to do this to me again? How do you erase that? Well, that's, that's exactly what happens. And it happens with everybody in every single relationship, you know, including me for people who know relationships, you always carry that into your next relationship, whatever happens. And this is why, you know, in a sense, cheating is the worst thing, you know, that can happen because that's like a super deep wound. And that's like the worst one. But like here, for my example, you know, the people watching thing, for example, like how I like people watch and I was afraid, like my eyes, like in my new relationship, my eyes were glued. Like I didn't want to make it look like I was doing anything or I was giving that connotation. I was staring at other people or anything like that. I didn't want to convey that at all. And I couldn't help it. My body's going to do it naturally. Like everything happens. And sometimes I lose focus because I'm a really big, like I have a lot of imagination as well. And I'm in my head a lot. And for some people that might be difficult because it's like, why are you in your head all the time? What are you thinking about? What's wrong? All this stuff. And, you know, my wife, as she got to know me, she's just like, what are you just thinking about? It was never like an accusatory. She started yeah, to she's just curious, me, and she was just more like curious, like, what are you thinking about? And I could be like, I don't know why glue doesn't stick to the inside of a bottle. And like, <laughs> Wait, like that's so true. Just take <laughs> pause and, and just think about that for a little bit. It's, it's like that, or it's like, you know, or seeing something and it's like, why are hippopotamuses so, you know, huge, but also so docile and so extremely dangerous? Like it could be just stupid random 100%. stuff. But then, and then I think also sometimes profound theories about like society and everything. I'm always thinking mm-hmm. and sometimes I'd like to just shut it off, but, and I try to be, make sure the one thing that I had to make sure is that it doesn't interfere with my presence with someone. And that took that took work as well as to make sure that doesn't because they, when a person's with you and they want to be with you, they deserve that space with you. It's one thing if you guys are like just together, hanging out on your phones, whatever. But if you're actively engaged, it's not fair to be disengaged in your mind or engaged in your mind, but not engaged with that. So that took practice and skill and, you know, working through our relationship as well to kind of bring that point together. Right, right. I actually have ADHD. I found out not that long ago, but I've had it my whole life. And if I'm not really intrigued with someone, my mind will just go so many places. And I agree, like they deserve that presence with you. And that's something to work on, especially when it comes to like needs getting met. And if needs aren't met, we can get in reasons why people cheat in a little bit. But So I guess to summarize, like, what are your top tips for someone that gets cheated on? So if we're in the role of the cheat E, um, what are some things and some steps they can take to start the healing process so that their future relationships don't have that, that going into it, that idea that everyone cheats and everyone's going to hurt me? Well, I think one thing, and hopefully as research kind of comes out more, I'm I would love to try and start finding articles or doing research myself and try to find this. I'm coming more to more to the understanding as I work with people. There are two really different types of people. There are people who are capable of cheating and there are people who are not. The whole theory that everybody can cheat 
and under the right circumstances. I, I do not believe this to be a true statement because there's, there's a lot of factors that go into infidelity in the first place. And it's a whole systems perspective is the way how a therapist thinks about it. And we think about it through like, I think I explained this a little bit last time through like pipes and water, like inflow versus outflow. And that's the reason why someone could come in because they start becoming an outflow because, you know, (laughs) I'll use the same example that like my teacher taught me is that let's say, you know, you're a guy and you have, I, I, I take this from the book. It's by Robert Ackert, you know, Tales of the Traveling Couch. Um, he had a client he worked with that he had like a polar bear fetish. So that's the example. That, uh, yeah, it's it's a wild book. It's, it's a good read, but it's like, this is some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So he had a client and he was just like, let's say you have like a polar bear fetish. And for some reason, and you turn to your partner and you're like, hey, you know, you explain to them and you're like nervous about saying what this really um, intimate thing is with you and you're like hey I have a polar bear fetish I'm like would you mind wearing this like white coat as we like you know have some fun in the bedroom and they're like oh my god no that's weird like what the hell are you even suggesting yeah you know and that person's instantly going to be not saying that the person you know that denied that did anything wrong like if you're not into something you're not into something right don't pretend but, yeah. but don't yeah exactly don't pretend but there's also a way to kind of you know Handle phrase it. Phrase it exactly to where it's not shaming because once it's shamed, then it's like okay. And the reason why I use polar bears is because it makes the example so much easier later on. But so that person now feels shut down, and um, let's say the couple makes something like makes it unnecessary. Let's say the partner is like, as soon as the guy holds a coke, he's thinking. Oh my God, does she think it's related to like the polar bear thing and everything? And they get self-conscious about it. Mm. And then it gets in their head and now they have this shame. And not to say that, okay, you deny one thing in the bedroom, this means that they're going to go cheat or something like that. But this is the most like extreme basic example. Right. So let's say that guy goes, and I'm just saying it's the guy for this debate or this theory. He goes to work. He has a coworker. And let's say on their purse, She's got a polar bear keychain. Now they have something to talk about and they're talking about it. And she's like, yeah, I actually think they're pretty cute. And they start talking about it. And that wound slowly of shame starts healing a little bit. And there's a connection and that connection wasn't there in their relationship. So then they start feeding into it. And over time it becomes an emotional investment. And then that grows. And then before you know it, they talk about the same kind of scenario. Like, yeah, I tried this with my wife and she's always weird. And they're like, I don't think that's weird. I think that I would love to wear a white coat as doing it kind of thing. And oh, look at that. Now we have like an end. Now we're having a need or a want or a desire that instead of actually being explored or redefined or trying to find a middle ground to has been completely exposed. And this other person is now providing an outflow for that. And then you get infidelity. Wow, that makes total sense. It's almost like they're angry with their partner for not accepting a part of them. And then when someone else does accept that part of them, it's it's something that they haven't felt yet. And so that's appealing and enticing. And wow, that makes so much sense. So what makes someone, you know how we talked about this theory that some people cheat, some people don't? What makes someone, what are some characteristics of someone that 
would be a cheater versus someone who wouldn't be? I think if we person, have any. A person who's more likely to be a cheater is a person who doesn't really discuss the issues that are happening within their relationship. Like it's okay to go and talk to friends and talk to people. Like maybe you need a second opinion about something and maybe you have that type of relationship with friends or maybe it's difficult to talk about initially with your partner, but there really should be very firm, open communication with your partner. There's never, there's never a good situation I see where it's like secrets should be kept from each other, unless it's like, because they're planning something for them or it's like yeah. a surprise thing or a good thing. Secrets never really benefit a relationship at all. And so there needs to be that open communication, but if you need like time to process it, and maybe you need to mull it over. Maybe you're a person who like wants to mull it over with one of your friends first. And then you're not revealing super intimate details or you feel like this person's okay to hold intimate details. That's up to you. But if they're always going to other people when they have a problem with their relationship, I think this is one of those, I don't want to use like red flag because maybe it's different circumstances, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so they're likely to seek out other people instead of work it in the relationship it's not too far-fetched to be that they would seek out someone else for comfort. And where could that lead to? That is the problem. It's not comfort. maybe a specific person, but it could be the fact that they're constantly going out to other people as opposed to being in the relationship handling it. And wouldn't that kind of indicate that they maybe don't trust or have a deep trust in their partner? There would, be, there would be some parts where it's like, I think sometimes it's not having a deep trust in partner. Sometimes it's also not having the confidence of self to explain or articulate what mm, it is. That's and sometimes there's a sense of that, which is something we've, we've, we as a society have got to work on. We have mm. got to work on our skills of conflict. I, I think it's mm -hmm. like a big American culture problem. We don't do conflict at all and it is a problem it's such a problem not especially now that we can hide behind screens mm -hmm. we never have to face our conflicts in real life and we can just decide to shut the computer or turn off the phone and get away instead of being in the present moment and solving the issue oh mm -hmm. yeah yeah what you said makes sense where it could be the lack of trust and i guess when i say trust i mean Trust in the way that they don't feel comfortable enough sharing their concerns or whatever with their partner. And to me, that would indicate they're afraid of an adverse event happening if they share these concerns. So I guess I meant trust in that way, but also it could be the self-confidence. And I think when we talk about reasons why people cheat, insecurity in my eyes is a huge one. And it's, it, it's funny because I think a lot of people think that people cheat because they want to experience someone that isn't their partner or they're, um, you know, just like trying to hurt their partner. But I feel like oftentimes it doesn't mean they don't love their partner. It could just mean that they're so afraid of their partner hurting them that they go and do it first. Mm -hmm. Do you see that with anyone that you talk to or is that more rare I, I think that's that's more of a rare circumstance it does happen but the thing is the person and because sometimes people say well i cheated because i never got what i needed out of the relationship or this was not working for me or this was dead that's still your fault and that's yeah. an accountability thing a lot of people don't like to hear 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to always upset people, but in therapy, it's like, that's your accountability. You had a choice. Mm-hmm. You had a choice. If you weren't getting what you needed at the relationship, it was your responsibility to state what you needed. There's right. nothing wrong with ever saying, hey, this is not fulfilling for me. This is what I needed in order to be fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. And if that person can't provide that, you break up. The problem is it's the same thing. Like if I even look at myself, you know, in that regard, at that moment, when I chose to break up, I knew it was going to hurt. I knew it was going to suck. I didn't want to go through it instantly, but I had to, and it's hard breaking up or being breaking broken up with is terrible. It's never fun. And someone's going to probably be hurt very few times is ever like, yeah, I was feeling the same thing. I was actually going to talk about this with you too. Let's just be friends. Okay, cool. I mean, if you've only went out for a little bit, that's usually. Yeah, like a day, a week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but what it is, it's always the person who cheated. They had a choice. They had a choice to say, okay, here's what I need out of the relationship. And if I can't get it, I need to break up and move on. But no. They wanted the ability to have the relationship and fulfill the need that wasn't being fulfilled. Yep. So that was their accountability at play. And because of that, the only thing you did was cause this person to now suffer the fact that their partner could go behind their back, cheat on them, and they wouldn't know about it unless they did this inquisitiveness or unless they went on their gut feeling, which nobody likes doing. No, nobody, nobody likes having a suspicion of like, oh, what if my significant other is out? And what if he's really not with his guy friends? Or what if she's really like at oh. the girlfriends? Like nobody wants that feeling. No, especially but because, you know, you have no proof. But then exactly. you still have this like gut feeling, which sometimes isn't wrong. So and you and you just got confirmed it for them at that point mm-hmm. when you did that, you confirmed that it's accurate. It's a possibility. And now they have to live with that that's the damage you did you didn't have like i everybody tells me the same thing when they've been cheated on i just would have rather they broken up with me yeah never ever have i ever heard someone say yeah well the cheating made it easy to break up blah 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 no they have to carry that now with them yeah and that wound and now they have to think about that all the time and it takes a lot to work away from that and it takes a real trusting relationship and a real understanding one and processing it for themselves to get through that. It's so true. And I think some people cheat because they are more afraid of being alone and giving up that safe relationship than just breaking up with someone when Mm -hmm. they're not interested or they're not getting a need met. Like they're way more afraid to be alone, Mm -hmm. which is entirely selfish. And it's like you said, breaking up isn't fun for anyone. We all hate it and it's painful and, and it's tough, but to just try to keep someone in your back pocket because of the security blanket isn't fair to anyone. Mm-hmm. It's funny too, cause I have never cheated and I never could. And I was talking to someone that I respect and is pretty wise. And they're like, don't ever use absolutes. Like don't ever say you wouldn't cheat. You never know. Like you never know. And I just disagree with it. I totally disagree with it. And this person had cheated in the past got cheated on, you know, a few times. So of course their story is so different than mine, but I just don't believe that. I I personally could not look into the eyes of someone else when I'm, when I gave my word to 
the guy I'm dating. Like I just couldn't do that and, and look into their eyes and I, I just couldn't do it. I don't have it in me. Mm-hmm. So I just I disagree with that that everyone has the the potential to cheat. Yeah, and that's what that's that's I think in that moment for that particular person. I don't know them, but from what I understand from that statement is I feel shame for my past actions or what was done in the past as well. So I need other people to make it like a normalized thing that anybody could yeah. do it and it could happen to anybody because then it doesn't feel so unique and so painful. So that's more of just them attempting to validate themselves than more about what your actual behavior would be because you know yourself. Right. I know people like they've been in like horrible, horrible relationships. Didn't want them getting anything they needed. They didn't go cheat. They just broke up. And there have been people who they had everything they basically needed except for the one thing they didn't. And instead of actually having the decency to talk about it, or work through it or anything. They just went and found another person to cheat on. And they had everything in that relationship. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'd like to talk about some other reasons why the people cheat though. Um, I did hear that people with ADHD and I have ADHD, but I, like I said, I think your mind is very powerful. And if you are a certain way, then you just stay that way. But I've heard that People with ADHD have a bit of a different sexual experience. So like males tend to cheat more frequently than males that don't have ADHD because of the lack of dopamine. They're seeking that, the impulsivity. Women have a harder time staying present when they're having sex. What are some other reasons that you see why people cheat? I think you just, you actually just said it very subtly and you, you know, in the same sentence they said, I don't actually think it's because of the ADHD. I think it's more so because of the impulse control. Mm. And I think people who are more susceptible, and that's what we see sometimes in ADHD people, but we also see it across the spectrum with other disorders. It's sure. just, do they have a lack of impulse control? Mm. And if impulse control is also a factor, is there a greater likelihood? Yes. Is it the determining factor? Mm, not all the time. No. Yeah. There's a lot of like, there's a lot to it. And to, I'm always leery about any sort of, paper or research or anything Mm -hmm. that just says this disorder is associated with this type of behavior and then therefore this especially when it's such a it's such a buzz topic Mm -hmm. i'm just like okay then i really look at who did the research why was the research even conducted what benefit was for and a lot of the times i I don't want i'm not i'm not a big like Oh, let's look at this. Let's look at the bigger picture kind of person. Yeah. But I'm like, you have to look. And I'm not one of those people as well as like, you need to do your research kind of thing. Like, no, but it, humans are uh, so complex that studies don't. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. fit. It's like you take one sample size and it doesn't speak for the whole populace. Mm-hmm. And any sort of thing that's like, well, if you have ADHD, you're more likely to cheat. That is a very hard correlation to prove. Mm-hmm. No. And that's the same thing is what I always I tell people when it comes to statistical stuff, when you hear any statistical stuff, please read where it came from, look at what it was studied and whatnot, because news, social media, everyone throws out like 73% of women say this and blah, blah, blah. I can go out tomorrow and say a fact that say that 100% of the time when ice cream sales go up, 
shark attacks also happen. Yeah. And then the, what you're going to get from that is, oh my God, I can never eat ice cream again. Sharks are going to kill me. Yeah. Correlations are insane. Yeah. And, and the, the truth is, if you look at the study and you say, well, when ice cream sales go up, it's actually around summertime. And summertime, people are also going to the beach. And yeah. More and swimming more. Water, and they're more likely in the water. And then they're more likely to potentially have a shark attack, which is also like maybe once or twice to happen. You know, which is, but still I took all those big things and I just caused it like everybody quickly react to this quick statement I just made and it's Mm -hmm. dangerous. And then we identify with those beliefs too. Like you see something like that. And for someone like me, I'm like, oh, I have ADHD. I'm like, does that mean I struggle with X, Y, Z? Does that mean I'm more? And it's like, no, I know who I am. And I like clearly never have cheated and never would, but it's, we have to be careful with identifying with those things because Mm -hmm it doesn't speak to everyone. And if anything, it's, I, I've learned over the past few years that humans are so, we have like a mixture of a lot of different things, right? No one is perfect. We're all kind of this very intricate mixture of things that make us us. So to identify with like any one thing is just treacherous. But I think the characteristic of impulsivity, yeah, like I could see that. I could see that being a little harder to control. And like, if you see someone you're attracted to and you're impulsive, I could see that leading to potentially cheating, but not for everyone with ADHD. So thank you for calling that out. That's true. Yeah, no, no worries. I, I, I actually am, I'm about ready to go to war because on, <laughs> on TikTok, it's getting so bad and social media in general, it's getting so bad. Like people who are posting things like completely arbitrary things. Like one thing I saw, like if you watch the same Netflix show over and over again, it could be a sign that you, it's a coping skill for trauma. And it's like, oh my, oh my God. God, no, it's not. People Sorry, think I didn't mean gonna... to swear. No, <laughs> please, it's fine. But like, <sighs> it's not, that's just because you want to watch reruns of The Office does not mean it's a coping skill for trauma. Just mm. because you want to, you like, you know, your desk in a certain way because it makes it more productive does not mean you have OCD. Like, we need to calm down. There is a list and I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm the first person to say the DSM is an insurance book first. Yep. Help manual second. Like it's used for insurance code. It's, it's very skewed. It's, you know, by one group of doctors and lawyers and people that probably don't have enough cultural competency and for one person yes. um, to actually <laughs> look through the diverse populations of what's going on. And it's very limited and it's con- going to continue to be limited because it's, you're asking to put humanity in a book and it's exactly. just not possible. So it's finding the most closely, assim- closely associated symptoms to match this disorder. And yeah. I, I admit, and, and when we first started TikTok, yes, there were some things that I saw, like these are common signs that are really more associated with this particular thing, but they're not just like random abstract things. But I'm happy because I also see more people. I saw this one guy, he made a great video. This woman was posting like, you're not attracted to people. You just want attention because you have ADHD. And he was like, okay, some of you guys just come home from your therapy and you just spit out whatever your therapist said directly to you on this (sighs) app. And it is not appropriate. And I'm like, thank Thank you. Like the Lord, we're not here. Like your therapist didn't tell you something so that you can go. And I see another trend that's happening too right now that when people write on their thing, like a therapist once said, and I'm like, okay, you are putting that 
because you want credibility with what you are saying when probably this sounds more like something you got off of Pinterest. Yep. And it's, I'm so glad you brought this up because I've been making me insane. Yes. No. And it, even in the health field in the nutrition field, I was thinking about this the other day, um, because I know more than an average person should know about like food and health stuff. And while it serves me well in some ways, it's also like ignorance can be bliss, you know? And it's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And I was thinking about this yesterday and how much social media has changed. And at first I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. Everyone's so much more aware of like all these things that they didn't know before. They would have had to go to a doctor to know and like self-diagnose. I'm like, wait, that's horrible. Like people are self-diagnosing with things that they may not even have and also trying to fix things that weren't causing them any problems. And then they can harm themselves doing that. And, you know, it's like, you see things like intermittent fasting. It's so much better for reverse aging, all these other things. And then these people are like, oh yeah, I need to do that. And then it becomes this perfectionist cycle of like trying to just always one up yourself, one up yourself, implement all these new things that are coming at them every single day. And I'm like, I think it needs to stop. Like at first I thought it was informative. And now I'm like, people shouldn't have access to this information all the time. Not because it won't make them healthier. Like I think there's a healthy amount of information we all need to, you know, be aware of things that can make us healthier. But at the end of the day, the stress of feeling like you're not doing enough, you're doing something wrong, even when there's no problem to be fixed, like that is more harmful than anything. Like it's gotten so bad. I'm sorry. I just went off, but it's. Oh, no, you're, you're right. And that's that's what I think in the beginning, at least for me, and I know a lot of other therapists who are really big on social media. When we first started this, it was to provide information. It was to do psychoeducation to make people more aware. And I think content creators and other people and mental health advocates, which there are some great ones and there are some that are just making our jobs as professionals harder <laughs> because I have people coming in and they're like, I have ADHD. And then, or I, I think I'm autistic and I sit down with them and we do the assessments. We do, we know, we go through it, everything like that. And they're not, they want to identify with it. They're not, they're not even close. And it's like, you're, you're, and then we actually dig through it and we actually see what's going on and they find out they have a completely different problem. And now it's like, okay, I had to spend time unwinding this misinformation and get them on the right track so to get a more appropriate treatment method to get them help and get them on the right track. And because these things are popular, like the things, there's always trends with mental health. It's mm -hmm. sad, but it's true. It's true. You know, right now, it, we're, I think we're starting to get on the ending phase of narcissism. And now Finally. we're looking at ADHD autism. When before mm -hmm. narcissism, it was borderline. And before borderline, it was uh, multiple personality now known as DID. You know, it's not it, weird how it just trends. Goes in trends. Yeah. Just like clothes. And it's it's really upsetting because it's such a serious issue. Mm -hmm. But it happens and it comes in like a wave. Yeah. And I think people want a name for the collection of things or symptoms or, you know, like behaviors that they have. When really I said before, we are all so complex and we all have behaviors that like there isn't a normal is what I'm trying to say there isn't an I mean 
uh, I guess like you can talk more on that than I can. But to me, every human being has a different collection of experiences, different collection of neurotransmitters level. Like it's all different in everyone. And to compare ourselves to normal, like we all, if we all followed Instagram and all self-diagnosed, we would all have a psychiatric disorder like we would, but it's no one's normal and no one's perfect, especially with today's world. It's not the same way it used to be. We're, we're dealing with so much more stress than we ever have. And it's not the kind of stress that our bodies were designed for, like running from a bear you know, it's the stress that's just chronic and you wake up stressed basically. So I just, the self-identification thing, self-diagnosing and just like the stress that you're not doing enough. Like mm. there's so many things like make sure you get up and look at the sun and then make sure you like brush your tongue off. And then, you know, it's just all these things. Of course you're going to feel inadequate. Of course, you're going to feel like you're not winning at life if you are constantly being told that there's this standard set of things that you need to be doing to maximize your health. And it's like, man, how do we get how do we get away from that? I don't know. And it's something I think a general thing that people should know when it comes to disorders or diagnoses is the book works like the whole giant spectrum. Tomorrow, you could wake up and you could have every symptom associated with a major depressive episode. Does that mean you have major depressive disorder? No. It just, it, when we look, that's what a therapist, you look at the factors, you look at what's going on in life. Is this an adjustment issue? Is, did the person just get fired from their job? Are they arguing with their significant other? Like, have they not been eating well these past couple of days? Mm -hmm. Have they, you know, been able to be, keep up with their daily tasks? Are they engaged in their life? Do they have meaningful relationships? Like, there's so many factors to look at why that could be other than just slapping them with a diagnosis. But unfortunately, also with the way our healthcare system works, mm -hmm. you have to put a diagnosis if you want to, you know, insurance to bill. Yeah. And so you amazing. have to get labeled with something. And I think that's feeding into it as well from the, organization side of it mm -hmm. just as much as social media is feeding from the social side of it right it's so true it's it's more of a system issue but i'm i mean oh yeah the social media stuff is tough and and like i only come from a place of <laughs> i'm almost projecting because i think i went through that too where i wanted a name for something like i wanted a name for the the things that I battled with my whole life and when I was told I had ADHD by a psychiatrist I was like oh finally it all makes sense and it, it felt like this relief and I think when other people see this stuff on social media they're like oh that's me that's me like people just want to identify with it and I mean ugh, I don't know that's a whole other topic but in-group versus out-group thinking is a whole fascinating thing and you know, we, we want to have an identity and I, I applaud people for trying to create an identity for themselves or to have identity and to be seen as the biggest thing we ever want to accomplish in life. And everybody I think deserves that feeling mm -hmm. and deserves that kind of acknowledgement because mm -hmm. if not, we feel meaninglessness and we feel yeah. like it's in a field and we feel insignificant and we enter that existential dread. So that is in the pursuit of something good. Mm -hmm. That being said, it doesn't have to be through mental disorders. You don't need to have a mental disorder 
to deserve validation. You deserve mm-hmm. validation just because you're you. Yeah. Because of what you do and because of who you are and because of what you stand for. That yeah. deserves validation. It, it doesn't need to be because you did something. It doesn't need to be because um, you accomplished some great feat or because you have some sort of mental disorder. You know, there's there's a lot of things that we can also equate value to, but we have value within yeah, that's so true. And another thing about identity is it changes, I mean, aspects about what you enjoy and love and are passionate about sometimes changes. So to place it into something like a mental disorder, say you are like, I'm Stephanie and I have anxiety, then every day for the rest of your life, you're holding on to this narrative. And maybe you had in- experienced anxiety at some point, but what if the only reason you're still experiencing it is because you're identifying with it. So I think allowing your identity to be kind of dynamic and just like you said, it's just you. It doesn't have to have a name or a label. It can just be you and your being. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we got off the cheating train a little bit, but that's okay. Who, who likes cheating? We're, We're on the humanity train. Yes. But while I still have you, if you're comfortable, I I had no idea that you've personally struggled with or experienced depression in your life. Um, would you mind talking about that a little bit? Well, yeah, I've I've actually been I am I I don't think I've ever been to the clinical level, but I deal with like regular moderate depression. And I really liked, you know what's interesting is I, I held the belief that depression stems from disappointment. But sometimes I think it's just a chemical shift in us. Like our body is just like, you know what? Enough. Mm-hmm. And then I saw recently the the video of uh, Jim Carrey. I don't know if you saw it where he was just like, okay, your body is saying, fuck you. I don't want to be this character anymore. Yep. When you're depressed. And I resonated with that hard. Yeah. It's, it's like I don't want to be this person right now. I want to sit, and it, it's it's weird because for those who have depression, you know when you're sad, and you know when you're depressed. There's there's depression sadness, and then there's actual like real full blown, and that's the part that struggles with this. I could be doing exactly what I want. I could be talking on this podcast with you now. I could be you know watching a movie with my wife or cosplaying, or I could be in the middle of a room laughing. And it'll just happen mm-hmm. like a like a dark blanket just comes over and mm-hmm. it's funny because when you have somebody who really cares about you and i hope everybody gets that feeling of validation yeah. like i do with my wife is she knows instantly when it happens wow. it's almost like she's she's gotten so good that she can tell just by my face intuitive yeah and that intuitiveness exactly and she's like it like kind of like it's happening and i'm like yeah and I just want to, I immediately, it's the same reaction. I just want to run to the room. Mm-hmm. I want to lay down. I want to, I, I don't want to feel anything. Yeah. And I can't feel anything. It's almost like I don't want to, I can't. And my body is just like, we're done. We're absolutely done. Isn't it weird how you feel pain, but numbness at the same time? It is. And it feels like you want so badly for your body to move. You're like, just get up, just do something. Just even if it's like, get up, go get some water. Like it could be something simple. And you're just like, no, 
Yeah. I don't want, I don't. It's like almost like. It's like frozen. And you could be so happy. You could love your life. Yeah. I, I love my life. I love everything about it. I enjoy everything. I think I'm exactly on the path I should be. I'm right. very fortunate and I'm very grateful mm-hmm. that I'm on that road. But it still happens. Yeah. It still comes out of nowhere and it comes, you know, sometimes more, sometimes not as much. I can have a period of a week where it happens like, you know, four times that week, or I could go months and it's just random. How long does it last? Luckily, I've gotten it to the point where with my own coping skills and with like, you know, knowing myself and everything, I've been able to kind of narrow it down to that most it lasts about half a day. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Very, it used to, sometimes it would go for like two, three days. Okay. Before, um, but that was also like before talking about it, before mm-hmm. understanding where it's coming from and trying to just shift. The The biggest thing I could just suggest is that shift your space in any capacity mm-hmm. you can. If you can get yourself, because the first thing depression is also, it's going to say, don't talk. Don't yeah. talk. Don't say anything. Don't socialize. Don't, don't socialize. Mm-hmm. And for the love of God, talk to someone. Yeah. It will get you out so much faster mm-hmm. because if you're talking about it, it's not like it's not internalized so much. It's not because yeah. I feel like as time passes, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. And it's even harder to talk about it as time goes on. Yeah. And it just suppresses. And it gets it's that depressed feeling that is just you're pressed down. And it's to the point where it's almost like you're suffocating. And it's so bad. It gets to the point like, like I said, I love my life and I'm grateful for yeah. it. I have thoughts in those moments where I instantly go like, I could die and I would not care. Yeah. I don't like, want to like, be out of the misery. I don't want to. Yeah. But if it happened, I'd be like, I, d- I don't care. Yeah. And that's the scariest part about it is your mind gets that place. But everything's that's, fine. I know. Like, that's how yeah. it's. Yeah. Do you You're notice just, it happen yeah. after like anything particular like a day that you did a certain type of workout or didn't eat enough or um eat a certain thing that you don't usually eat like do you notice a trend with it or is it just super random i think one of the most common trends is if one if i have if i'm not working towards like something like if i'm not working on some sort of you know cosplay for the next convention or i'm not planning on a vacation happening soon or i'm not doing something that I know I'm going to look forward to after a while. My body's like, okay, we're, we're going through, we're awesome professional therapist, dude. And, you know, trying to do social media, we're helping all these people. When is it our turn to have some fun? And then it's just like, okay, I'll get to it when I can. And they're just like, I hope it's soon. And then I'm just still like pushing along and saying, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then my body's like, all right, you know what? We're going to, we're going to flip the switch. We're uncontrolled now. And then it's like, okay, I waited too long. Wait. So when you're overwhelmed or when you don't have enough going on? Like when, when I keep working and I work consecutively and I'm, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do, like doing my, doing stuff around the house, doing right. work, um, doing stuff related to the career, all that stuff, but I'm not enjoying life. Mm. And I'm not going out and having fun. I'm not going out and trying to do things. This is why 
I be on me. I will be the biggest advocate. If maybe one of these times, maybe when I'm an older therapist, I'll make my way to Congress and make it absolutely mandatory that people get vacation days yeah. for the U.S. because it is so essential to have time off yeah. and to have time to enjoy yourself and do the things that you want to do or go to places you want to go to and have that capability. That's a human, that should be a, a right to mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. to have that ability because if I don't do it for myself, I get mad depression. And as, it's just a constant, so- like you're never, you're never changing your space. Like you said. And that's, that's just at least how mine works for other people. It could be a completely chemical shift. And sometimes I am in the middle of doing something. Yeah. It, it just happens anyway. It's just that kind of chemical shift and imbalance that it just, just drops. Yeah. So. I, I'm super curious. I, when I was in Florida two weeks ago or three, almost three weeks ago now, I started getting really bad body aches and then really bad fatigue and then all of a sudden I got really depressed and I'd never, I've always been kind of an anxious, high energy, bubbly girl. And so this de- feeling of depression scared me. I was like, what, what is this? I don't even know how to handle this. And it kind of started in my body and then it, and then it hit the, you know, like the mental just went down the drain. I've never really struggled with deep depression before, mostly anxiety. I know they're supposedly similar things but it was really scary and it felt very like you said it's like a shift in your body it didn't there was nothing that really brought it on it was just so fast like you said it was it hit me like a freight train um and so I see similarities in that and like sometimes it is a body thing I actually found out my thyroid's under functioning and I'm glad I got lab work but it just shows like to identify with a mental disorder, it scares me that people, including myself, have done that because it could be something in your body and then you're carrying this this like label on forever, right? So I'm kind of working through that myself and everything you said about it wants to keep you in bed. It wants to keep you not talking. It wants to keep you from doing things like it's tough it's like you have to force yourself like you know it'll probably make you feel better but I empathize now that I've experienced it and it's man it's like a whole other world (laughs) it is and it's it's a dark one It, it really is and if there's ever some sort of you know straight cure for it that will be a great day yeah. Like you could be, and that's the difficult part about it. And I think a lot of people who are not well versed in language, you know, they're the people who it's like, oh, you're depressed. Oh, just don't be sad. Or it's like you're mm. you're anxious. There's nothing to be anxious about. My just dad will be like, about. stop thinking so much. I'm like, you gave me this brain, Dad. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand. It's like if I could, if only you knew. If only you knew. I think too, for me personally, if I'm honest with myself, I do think there's some some biology going, like some some things happening physiologically. But I also, throughout the pandemic, I lived alone in a studio. I was working from my studio every day. And man, isolation and not having a change of space, like you said, it is... I th- I would be lying to myself if I said it didn't contribute to me feeling pretty depressed. And we just need community so bad. And 
interaction and to be smiling and laughing and out. And I think what you said, you know, when these episodes for you come on, sometimes it's when you're not going out and doing things and going out with your friends and going to things. It can be, it's funny because you start to crave the same things over and over again. Like I would crave my alone time, even though I was alone all the time. And it was like, I was craving the things that were making me sicker and sicker. It's really interesting how that works. Like you start getting a little depressed and then you start craving the things that are making you more depressed. And yeah, I just, I had to relate that to the isolation piece with COVID too. I can like see it for myself that we just need humans and people. There's, and that's, that's why there's been a lot of first timers in therapy since since COVID happened because they never considered themselves a depressed person. They never considered themselves an anxious person. They never thought they would struggle with, you know, social anxieties once mm -hmm. COVID kind of let up and that all of a sudden they don't want to go do things anymore. And it's mm -hmm. because it became the familiarity that you knew because it has happened for so long. If it was like three months, like everybody thought it was going to be, yeah. probably not going to be a big deal. People would yeah. be annoyed. People would be like, well, this sucks. But the fact that it went on for like two years, it became way too familiar for a lot of people, that isolation feeling. And now reintegrating is hard. Mm -hmm. And now it's almost like society is also asking us to just be like, oh, just pretend like it never happened. That's not what your mind's going to do. It's not what your body's going to do. They, there's a, a wonderful book about trauma that says the body keeps score. And I take that I phrase, that it does. It does keep score. It always does. It does. It comes out and before you even know consciously that something is bothering you sometimes. And yeah, I, like you said, we all thought it would be three months and then you kind of get used to this new world. And I think if I'm honest with myself, I'm really, I'm not all hipstery with like energy stuff, but there's something so different about the world now. And I think I'm finally coming to terms with how hard it's been on me. And it's the fact that we all went from having to be somewhere every day and out and about and just the bustle, the hustle. And now it's like, I feel like the world is all retreated. And there's something about that energy shift that just like is so hard for me to reconcile. Like I, it's such a different feeling. We're not all supposed to be somewhere every day. I know that there's purpose for all of us, but it's, it's definitely different. You know, uh -huh. it's that, that at first I was like, it feels like there's like, we all don't have this purpose anymore because we're not out doing things physically, but it doesn't mean we don't anymore. It's just definitely a, a shift. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think during that time also, we've, we've become more aware of things that are going on. Like it, we've literally pressed the halt button on our lives and said, wait a minute, why couldn't we be doing this like everyone like started working remotely mm -hmm. people were great about that yeah they wanted to still go out and that's absolutely something but it's like wait we could have been doing this the whole time yeah what else could have we been doing the whole time and it's like wait a minute yeah. this company's doing this or this happened at my local grocery store everything everything is getting amplified about like we're seeing so much happen and it's so overwhelming and it's like can we get a break right now, <laughs> right? All of a sudden now we're in the middle of Russia invading Ukraine. Like what the hell else is going you know, to happen? I know. 
I know. It's overwhelming. I, oh, and I think you said it too, like the awareness it brings, not only in the things that we could have been doing this whole time, but also when, when you felt like before the world was just moving a hundred miles an hour, we were just, we all were go, go, go. No time to think about all the things that always bother us. And now it's like, now it's just, we're in this and the world took a pause and then you're left with the things that you probably avoided thinking about. And I know a lot of people that like live alone and throughout the pandemic for the first time in their life, they're realizing that they have trauma or they're realizing that they need to go to therapy for something that happened when they were a child because it came out when the world stopped moving so fast. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, it's a time. <laughs> it's it a time. is. Yeah. It's crazy how everything has changed. I know. I know. Well, we just have to keep moving along. The world keeps As much turning. as we can. And hope, hopefully there will be some point where everything feels like it slows down again, or at least it feels back to some sort of normalcy, but a new normalcy that works for people. Because I yeah. think it's when people say, you know, well, let's go back to the way things were. We can't go back. No. It's, it's impossible. But what we can do is we can create a new a new new but mm-hmm. it's it's scary change is scary change will always be scary right it's always going to be easier to pick the devil you know versus the devil you don't even if that one is a good one but we have to move forward in that ability we have to move forward in that potential that we have as a society and as people because if not we're we're just not going to change and we're going to stay in this hurt place that we all yeah. are from the people who, and people went through a lot. I get it. It's going to take time for people to heal. People lost people. People are mourning. People lost their livelihoods. People lost their family. People lost their friends. Mm-hmm. They lost opportunities that they'll never get back, you know, and that's going to take time to heal. So when I say like move forward, it's not in the spirit of let's just forget everything, but it's in the, in the spirit of, you know, let's try to find a new, better position to take. So yeah. that way we can return to being more kinder to each other. Yeah. More empathetic. And I'm talking like everyone, like corporations need to be more kind to their employees. Yeah. Like neighbors need to be more um, compassionate towards their neighbors. We need to start listening to each other more and mm-hmm. finding out where, where the problem is and stop with the, you know, kind of blow horn with taking all the bad things it's good to be aware of those Mm -hmm. but it's another thing when it's like when is the line where we're doing good by bringing attention to this and when are we overstimulating ourselves with it right and creating distress that instead of creating solutions i do think though like you said what we were doing before was like this and now we're, we're you know we're down there and we have to find this almost harmony between the two where it's we're still seeing each other and we're still interacting with people, but we also have a little bit more grace and flexibility with our work lives and vacation times and realizing that you can't afford to have stressed employees. Like you can't afford to have employees who are struggling with a mental disorder because of the work environment or something like that. You can't afford that Mm -hmm. as a company. And so I think I don't want to be that person that's like, good things came out of this, you know, cause it was a horrible thing, but I do think that you can't grow from a good day. You grow from a bad day, you know? So 
sometimes like this is the catalyst and now we have to figure out where do we go from here to make life a little bit easier. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I think I forget who said it before, but they said a really good thing that you're not responsible for the trauma that happened to you, but you're responsible for the healing that needs to come after. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite quotes. It's so mm -hmm. true because there always will be stressors, triggers, and things that remind us of the pain, but that's like the inevitable, right? But we can choose to manage it better and figure out the tools to do that. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's been a little over an hour, but as always, where can people find you and follow all of your amazing content, your TikToks, your Instagram? Things so like my TikTok and Instagram is Dread Behemoth. Um, I know a nerdy kind of kind of phrase. <laughs> and my website is just www.brendanierenberg.com. Um, I'm on there. That's my therapist website. Um, if people want to look there and yeah, just Instagram and TikTok. Sometimes awesome. are you accepting new patients right now? Little, little booked. Yeah. Um, Your phone was ringing like every two seconds. So you're a little popular. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I think every time I come on here, I'm booked. <laughs> I have, if they come in like waves, like sometimes I have like three people like are like, okay, they're good to go. And then all of a sudden I'll get like five new inquiries and it's like, oh, like it's just like oh my gosh like when it within like a matter of a week so it's always good to check especially if you have a therapist that you're like wow i really resonate with this person even if it's if it's not me if it's someone else you found in your area if you just a tip if you find a therapist that you really like maybe they haven't answered emails because they get a lot of inquiries or maybe it's <laughs> them some time always check back because slots are never like okay by this date i'm gonna have this many or by this it's really like an as you go kind of thing so it's always good to check in because for all you know, they might not have slots when you message them, but two weeks later, oh, look at that. They do. People cancel. People cancel and they yeah. have a spot so you can get in. Perfect. Perfect advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Take care, Steph. See you next time. Bye.